Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters. It's Thursday night, which means it's Super Mac and Gibbo joining me. And uh, good evening to you guys. How are you? All right, Steve. Thank you. Good to have you on, guys. As as always, good to have you on. Feeling good. Good, good. Better than my team, unfortunately, lads. And uh, let's get the worst stuff out the way first, Malcolm. Uh, Since I last sat down with you last week, we've had two games, uh, Aston Villa and Leeds United, and uh, we've lost both of them. Yeah, lost both of them. um, And I think we've had two shots um, on target in in all of those uh, minutes. Hundred and eighty, uh, hundred and eighty minutes. Yes. Wow. Uh, so it, it's sort of averaging a, a shot a game, um, and, and we, don't forget we scored against Leeds. Wow. Only the only thing was it was a consolation, the same as the last one we scored. It was in a defeat. Well, yes, it was, John. But but they they scored against Leeds, and four minutes later gave, gave Leeds a goal. Absolutely, the marking on the marking on that goal, Malcolm. The, when he was at outside left and now a right back position, the marking. But I'll ask you one question, Malcolm. Having seen having seen earlier what happened when, unfortunately, a poor winger who's trying to make a career for himself as a winger was played at right back a few games back, Murphy and got taken out. You yeah. put him at right back again against Leeds. Oh. He loses the ball on the first goal after only a quarter of an hour. And um, when they scored their second, they scored in the right-back position with absolutely nobody marking the kid who mm-hmm. put it off, which was Murphy's position, of course. You don't want an outside right to have to learn to be a full-back because he, he can't do it. It's too late in his career. Yet we had two full-backs, and I know they're not good, Malcolm, but he had two orthodox full-backs sitting on the bench in Crawford and Manguillo, but he plays Murphy. John, I'm, I'm looking at all of it, and all I see is utter madness. And I, 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 I try and explain it. I can't. Um, it's, all, it's almost as if he says, right... Uh, I'm going to just chuck up 10 names and see where they fall on my little pitch here. The, the, uh, the interesting, the interesting thing about where they've fallen. It's, it's absolute sheer nonsense. You know, the job of a manager is to give his players absolutely every chance to go and shine. And Steve Bruce is doing quite the reverse with the players. Quite the reverse. And, uh, well, uh, it's just left me literally scratching my head. Um, and, and still, when you see, there are things so blatantly wrong on the pitch. And Steve Bruce, um, he's, he's like that. Well, the gloves are off, Malcolm. This is his way now. If you remember, for the previous 18 months, <laughs> we've been doing it someone else's way. But can, uh, this is his way now. So two shots in two yeah, games is but, progress, but is it? Why Why the players must have had a confrontation some while back and, and said, look, we know better than you. Let us do it our way. And, and in all honesty, it hasn't improved since Steve, um, Steve Bruce took... Um, the, the control back it hasn't improved one iota um have, have, have you noticed malcolm so demoralized sorry john have you noticed malcolm as well when he made the statement of my way initially his first team selection went to a flat back four an extra man in midfield mm. and two up top which was yes. by his standards quite quite progressive but in the last two matches of my way, the next two after that, we've gone back to a back five. We've gone back to a back five and then having had two up top uh, against Aston Villa, we went with just Wilson up top in the last game. So we've really reverted back to what was their way instead of my way as far as the tactical formation's concerned. And 
don't you think, Malcolm, the bar is so low now that we're grasping at straws and Steve Bruce's by saying that because we got over the halfway line a few times in the second half against um, against Leeds, that was a terrific performance. We can now hang our hat on that performance and expect things to get that much better from now on in. The bar is so low now that we're clinging mm. to a display in the second half against Leeds is thinking that might be what will get us out of trouble. While Steve, you'll have noticed that Burnley have had three wins on the trot, gone above us and are disappearing. Um, uh, Brighton have had seven points. Fulham have had six points from six draws, while we've had two points. Even Sheffield United, who are still tailed off, have had seven points, uh, having had two wins, having beaten Manchester United. And who else was it? Oh, yes, Newcastle United. Uh, so they've had seven points while we've had two. If we aren't seeing the the signs that are six foot high letters saying danger, uh, because we've got this the least points during all this conflab, um, where are we heading? We are in big, big trouble and we've got to do something about it quick. And as far as I can see, um, the only thing that's changed so far with a couple of days left in the transfer market is we've got an assistant manager, an assistant coach. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders that in the last few days he's produced something on the training pitch which is magically going to change everything at Everton on, uh, on Saturday lunchtime. Well, that's, Chip, Chip, Chip has asked that question, Mal. Yeah. Chip, well, Chip, Chip has asked that question um, for both of you, but we'll come to you, Malcolm. The only club is, is our Newcastle, the only club with three assistant managers to assist a manager. <laughs> well, what I'd like to know is has this fella come in from Bournemouth um, as, number, as the number two, number one, or number two, number two, or number two, number three? Uh, are the number one, number two? Is he, is he a false ten? Uh, I thought, are two false tens we might be playing with? You know, has the fella got a bit of control? You know, and the the appointment of him is actually saying to us all, Steve Bruce ain't good enough, and neither are are his two number twos. That's what it's saying to us that. That the club knows that that the whole setup is wrong, not good enough, but they make an addition which has cost a quarter of a million pounds rather than get rid. Did Steve Bruce now, know about this? Did Steve Bruce know about this? Did, did he know about this, Mal? Did did, uh, did he? Did he, did, he, did he agree with uh, this, this new coach coming in? I can't see how he would have agreed because it, 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 what's he going to do with three number twos? Can, can I jump in there and say that as far as I'm concerned, Malcolm, looking at the situation, uh, you know, the interesting thing from my point of view is that this guy is going to have a big input. And by the way, I'm not having to go... Uh, it, it Graham Jones because he's got a pedigree with Belgium, etc., etc., and we hope to heck he brings some good ideas. But first of all, he's going to ruffle the feathers, is he not, of Agnew and Clements, so who are Steve Bruce's men? So it and looking for many, many years and a oh, number of clubs. And looks in my to my way of thinking, this is a club decision that they need somebody else in there to ruffle feathers to produce. And it's a minimum cost to get somebody in. If you move out, if you move out Steve Bruce and his two coaches, that costs a fortune in compensation. If you bring in one coach but give him huge power, that costs a, it would cost a lot more than quarter of a million pounds to move Steve Bruce, Steve Agnew and Clements out of the club. Um, it'll cost only quarter of a million to bring this guy in. And this guy will be there to ruffle feathers and there's one thought you know if it come to and i'm not saying this is the club's thinking 
This is the thinking of fans and suspicious people like myself. If it come to a parting of the ways with Steve Bruce before the end of the season, no doubt his regular coaches would go with him and that would normally leave Newcastle, as I said on last week's programme, Steve, when in the past they've had a caretaker within the club like Chris Hutton, who stepped up and done an exceptionally good job. They haven't mm -hmm. had a caretaker because all would leave on block. But Graham Wilson will not have come to Newcastle United without total reassurance, without total reassurance that his position is safe if anything happens to Steve Bruce in the foreseeable future. And if his position is safe and the other three go out, then Graham Jones ends up as caretaker manager. They've got a caretaker manager now. If he is required and they hadn't a caretaker manager before Graham Jones arrived. That that's is the good... thinking of a lot of people in the game and it's my thinking. That's a good way of looking at it, John. And I hadn't, I mean, I think a lot of people had thought of it that way. I mean, I thought it was bizarre, um, Malcolm. As, uh, as Mad Mark says, let's celebrate Steve Bruce ach uh, achieving his 200th Premier League defeat from 450 <laughs> games. Well done, Steve. Um, can, I, but... can I, on top of that, can I give you... Can I give you some stats? Think about this, uh, because Steve Bruce, um, he is now, he's in his 19th month as manager of Newcastle United. In 20, He's just entered his 23rd year in management and he has had 11 clubs. So that's suggesting that he never lasts two years. And, uh, uh, and we're seeing exactly that that it all falls apart midway through the second year for him he started at sheffield united was there for ten and a half months he went to huddersfield um, and lasted 17 months he then went to wigan and lasted two months crystal palace five months birmingham oh he lasted actually six years there but then he went to Wigan, 19 months. Sunderland, just over two years. Hull City, four years. Aston Villa, two years. Sheffield Wednesday, six months. And Newcastle United, here we are at 18 stroke, 19 months. And everything's fallen apart some while back. You know, so he's got no real history to say that he can improve the situation any. Um, and and in all honesty, if he declares what a great supporter of Newcastle United he is, why doesn't he just do the club a real sincere favour and just walk away? Because and it's going to cost him too much. Money. Not want to pay off. He's had he's had so Absolutely. many payoffs, it, it, and and I just and I just wonder. Well, is that what the fellas in the game for? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be because he's going to, you know, he he stands to lose far too much money. Um, I would imagine that, you know, that the, the one point five million is an issue for Mike Ashley as well because the deal's done now with the with the PIF if the if the deal is going to go through. So you know he isn't going to want to sack Steve Bruce, Steve Agnew and Co because it's going to cost him money and that money will have to come out of his pocket. So. I think John's right. I think Graham Jones has been brought in and for one rule, uh, for one reason and one reason only, and that is right. if he does have to make that decision, that we've mm -hmm. got a caretaker manager who will come in until the day until the takeover goes through. Graham Jones' appointment and his unveiling yesterday, I have never in all my years, and you know I go back to 1984, have I ever seen an assistant manager or a coach be unveiled in such a way? He had a suit on. He's sitting there as if he's the new manager. In fact, there was more, probably more of a showcase for him arriving and, and a big hurrah for him arriving than there was for Steve Bruce. I, I really couldn't believe what I was seeing on the, the official club channels. Really, really, I, I yeah. I wasn't aware of this, Steve. Oh, my. I mean, if you go onto the club website, he's there in a suit. He's, you know, normally these people come in. And when Steve Bruce has been asked about him, Steve Bruce, is, he, he doesn't really want to speak about him. And, and, and in one of the interviews that, that the press did, he just... 
I think John probably has heard this amongst the, the press corps. He just said, well, he's another pair of eyes. Well, if he's another, you know, if he's somebody that Bruce has had something to do with uh, coming into the club, he wouldn't just be another pair of eyes, John, would he? No, no. without a shadow of doubt, he's got a lot more clout than that. And I think with due respect to Steve Agnew, who uh, I knew when he was at Gateshead playing for me, and with Stephen Clements, I think that this guy has got an awful lot more clout than they have. And when you listen to his quotes, uh, they were very significant. They were like managerial quotes, weren't they? He was on about... Uh, there's very good players here who aren't in the team at the moment and the job is to get them in the team in the right positions and doing the right job for Newcastle. And he's absolutely right in that, but it's the spokesman, it's the speak of a manager, not of a, a coach yeah. or someone that's putting the cones out on the training pitch. There's no question that he's brought in with an awful lot more clout than, than is normal and um, it's significant that Ashley has looked at this and this is a, a cheaper way of trying to get some sort of certainty about staying in the Premier League than sacking three guys with the compensation that would entail um, and then if those three guys had gone who would have come in as caretaker? There, there was absolutely nobody there. You would be down to Dawson, who was on the reserve side, or Steve Harper, who was a lovely, lovely man in Newcastle through and through, but hasn't got the experience to suddenly be a Premier League manager tomorrow morning. So it, there is the feeling that this is uh, the parachute on the back. Yep, I would agree. I think so. Um, Rafa Benitez, Malcolm. Um He's a free agent again. Now I just saw your face there. So I know what you're going to say, but he's a free. Yeah. He's a free agent. Is that is it? Is that a, is that you know? Is that a coincidence? Uh, no, I, th I think that, that that he had his problems, didn't he? Because um, uh, he he um, he couldn't just freely travel between. You know, he was the other side of the world for heaven's sake in China. Um, and his family are still. Um, still on Merseyside so um, so he, he was forever having to go into uh, um, into lockdowns and, and what have you so it was making his life very very confusing and difficult um, and I and, and and so I think he's uh, um, he's seen a bit of sense um, and and he's staying back with his family we I'm I, I think he's an absolutely brilliant manager, knows how to treat players, knows how to get the best out of them. Um, but I'm always very doubtful and very suspicious about going back for a second time. Very doubtful, very suspicious on that. Um, it, it all too often just doesn't work. And um, I, I, I think he's a lovely fella. Um, and, a, and a terrific football manager, but I really don't think it would work. And for heaven's sake, it'd be walking into um, this is going to take somebody a very long time, a very long time, to to get the whole the whole club cleansed um, of of what um, Bruce and his two cohorts have done. What's your take on Rafa than John? Steve, I think you would probably agree with me as the facts, as opposed to opinion, the facts are as long as Mike Ashley owns this football club, Rafa Benitez will not put a foot inside of it, yeah. either from his point of view, because he knows the, the, the restraints that Ashley brings, or from Ashley's point of view, who looked at him just as by the end of his reign, just as a pest who was always asking for things like progress um, and he didn't want to have to mm. face that sort of situation. Steve Bruce gets on with the job and doesn't hassle the owner 
for certain things. That appeals hugely to Ashley. There's as much chance of Benitez coming manager of Newcastle again, as long as Ashley stays in charge, is there is of Ashley phoning up Alan Shearer and asking him to be the assistant coach to Benitez for the rest of the season. Those two are not in Ashley's phone book anymore. It could be a totally different ball game, of course, if Ashley's sold to the to the Saudis, where I think Benitez would then walk to Newcastle fast, and I think Amanda Stavely would ask him if it was up to her. That's a different ball game. But in the current circumstances, not a chance. As much chance as there is of getting him together with uh, Alan Shearer and having Lord Lucan, Howard Hughes and Shergar as the three assistant managers. There was one positive from the game at the weekend, and that was uh, ASM back, you know, in the you know in the squad. And when he came on, Malcolm, um, you know, there was a, a spark of life there. And I saw the stats, which were after the game, and you know, it was our best spell, seventy-five uh, percent possession. Mm. Uh, you know, we had leads on the back foot, uh, most passes completed, all of those stats in our favour. And that last twenty minutes, Newcastle looked. You know, looked as if they were ready to compete, but you know, Sir Maximin's been laid off. He's he's been laid off. He's had uh, he's had COVID. Um, you know, we don't know how you know how badly affected he was with it, but it was enough to, for him to you know disappear for for quite some time. But there's going to be a lot of emphasis placed on him now. I'm sure after that. Well, there is, um, but but he'll he'll very quickly get sickened off, and and the reason why I say that is that. He needs options. The option to to take on a defence, or the the option to to um, to play a pass, make a run, get it back. N nobody's really looking to play with him because because he gets it and he breaks twenty or thirty yards. Everybody's back there. I was watching Leeds hurtling across the halfway line. Heading for Newcastle's box, four players, four players on a sprint, and people and Newcastle players just not really bothering to get back. Um, and yet, when St. Maximin in the same game, he starts to make a run, and there's Wilson, and that's it. Nobody's coming there and saying, Hey, I want to be a part of this. And so, St. Maximin is looking around and there's no support, there's no help. All he can do is just take people on. And they're just sort of manoeuvring him in a direction away from the goal, making it very difficult for him. And, and he will get thoroughly fed up with it and very quickly because there's just no support coming. I've, I've yep. got to hope. I've got to hope a little bit more, Mal, because to me is the biggest hope we've got. Because in a team that's very robotic, for example, the other ten, well, forget the goalkeeper, the other nine outfield players, we know exactly what they're capable of doing and what they will do and what they can't do. Uh, Maximum brings that unpredictability mm -hmm. to the table, and. The one thing you hope with him there, he he actually, I think, does lift players around him. This is if he's fit enough to do it. He does lift players around him. He gives players around him some hope and he, he frightens the opposition because they don't know what he's going to do. They do know what the rest are going to do. And, and therefore, he gives a little bit of, of hope to us. Is that little bit different we've got to get a spark from somewhere and i think yeah. you know in that little cameo against leeds he brought hope to me he brings hope to the crowd i thought almirin suddenly thought i run a hundred miles a match and there's no with me this guy will be with me once i get on my bike we've got a chance there he must give some hope to wilson that, that there's going to be more support and more supply than he gets when he's not in the side. And on a good day, he is a class player. 
uh, yes, he can have his moody days and the bad days, but how many players going around the Newcastle team outside of Wilson and outside of possibly the keepers, can you say, are real pure class? That ability to be that is insane maximum. He's only 23 and he's, he's coming back from coronavirus. It's asking a lot to be the savior yeah. of Newcastle United. Absolutely. But right now, we've got to hang our hat on somebody because I tell you what, however much we moan about Steve Bruce, however much we're sick of watching Newcastle United play the way they do, however much we're fed up with 11 match run without um, a win, we do not want this side to go down because if this side goes down, we'll get a new owner, we'll get a new coach, manager, whatever. We don't want to be starting by down there again. This side has got to stay up and we'll, it'll probably stay up because of the, the three, if it does stay up, because of the three clubs at the bottom. But we've got to get look to get some points somewhere. And the biggest hope I've got, because Wilson is getting no help at all and having scored something like six and seven at the start he's got about two and ten since he is suffering and we've got to get somebody in and outside of suddenly buying four magicians between now and monday's transfer deadline our hope is sun maximum so well, let's, let's talk about that john john let's talk about the transfer window any gossip mate you you know you still get uh you know you, you still get your info you still yeah. have your ear to the ground any any news on that sure Sure. Um, the fact that there's gone out is a help. Newcastle always leave it to the death, don't they? Especially in this window. It's always the last couple of days. Um, we're going to get players out, which is off the wage bill. Certainly, uh, Yedlin will go. He's going to Calatasaray, so he will go. Uh, presumably, they'll get his visa when we didn't. Uh, so, Yedlin will have gone. Uh, Richie could well go to Bournemouth. Uh, Lazar's going to have his contract cancelled so that he can go back to Italy. I know this isn't bringing in transfer fees, but it's freeing up wages. And uh, I think we'll sign at least one and maybe two. They will only be on loan uh, with a little loan fee, which has to be paid. Uh, what position will there be? That's, that depends on availability. But centre midfield looks a knocking bet. Um, but, uh, you know, having said all that, it doesn't hold out great hope for me. I don't see us, we're not going to get a 20 goal a season man to go upside alongside Wilson. Uh, we're not going to get uh, a quality, quality middle of the park player. Um, like Jack Grealish or like they got was Barkley, etc., uh, etc. Et so it's going to be mix and match in the loan system and hoping that we can get the current players playing in the right position and getting in the team because a lot of players haven't gotten the team. We've learned, I mean, Richie with a terrific attitude has got nowhere near the game, the team for youngs. Why with his attitude when we need good attitude? Dwight Gale, who the last time Newcastle win, won, scored the winning goal, hasn't started a match since. That tells you an awful lot. And what it tells you is that he hasn't got a future here uh, with Steve Bruce because his contract is up at the end of the season. Um, so there's been stubborn decisions. One minute, uh, Sean Longstaff in his, his flavour of the month and so is Matty because he's signed a new contract. Next minute, you don't see them. Uh, one minute... Yedlin is, is playing right back. The next minute, he hasn't got a visa and he's off to Galatasaray. And and Jacob Murphy, who, who is a winger, is playing right back and naturally making a bundle of mistakes defensively. I mean, the whole thing is chaotic. So I come back to basics and saying the best hope we've got of, of getting support for Wilson is San Maximum rather than the transfer market, although we will get a couple in on loan, I believe, or certainly one, probably a couple. Malcolm Chowdhury's linked from Leicester, that's heavily linked, and with Richie going out, the potential of a, a you know another midfield player coming in, we're crying out for some creativity in there, uh, but it, it will just be loan deals, I can't see any permanent uh, transfers coming no, in. Um, you know, I suppose 
do you agree with John? Is is ASM going to be the difference, keeping him fit and and making sure that he's playing on a on a regular basis? Because there is no doubt we will play better with him in the team. Uh, yes, I would agree. But what he needs, um, what he needs is, is support. He needs to be given options by players joining in with what he's doing, um, and all he's seeing in front of him is Wilson. And Wilson is, is being marked by by two and three defenders, um, and and so so Maximin, he he's so um, he is limited as to what he can do because only all he can do is just run with the ball and see if he can take on players and maybe get beyond them. But there's a lot of defenders there because he he makes the second forward when he does go on these runs. It needs more, you know. What? Why? Why not play Wilson and Gale up front? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? Um, I, 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 I find it, I find it quite bizarre. Then, um, Gale, he, he scored a goal, and hasn't played since. Do you believe there's been a fallout in the dressing room, Mal? You, you've been in dressing rooms all your life, Malcolm. That. You've managed, you've played at the highest level, you've played with England, you've played at Newcastle, you're a legend at every club you've played at. Is there is the dressing room fallout something which has been denied constantly? Is it clear for all to see that he's fallen out with players and the players that he's fell out with are the ones who aren't getting the game? Well, that's not good management because, in, because what is good management is that you can fall out with a player, you can have a right rock with him, but having had that, you put him in the side because you want to see the response that he's going to give you. Uh, and a lot of the time it works. I, I remember Don Howe doing it to me. And um, by heavens, it was a, on a Friday morning and he just went at me. He absolutely went at me for over an hour. He never said a word to anybody else. He just went at me for over an hour. And the following day, we were playing West Brom, and I just had to take, and, I, and it, it was getting to the point where I was looking around at other players, and they were, they were sort of cowering away in the corners of the dressing room for fear that they'd be dragged into it, but, but but they weren't. He just stuck with me. And having had such a go, I was I was played in the side the following day, and I went and scored a hat trick against West Brom, um, Don Howe's old club that he had managed. And as I was coming off the pitch, Don Howe was stood there, and I had I had scored a hat trick. And I said, you can stick that where the sun don't shine. <laughs> and he just looked at me, smiled, and he said, but it worked, didn't it? Come and see me in my room. And he, had, and he took me into his room and he explained exactly why he did it in the way that he did it and why he just picked on one person. He said, you see, the thing was that I knew you'd respond out on the pitch. He said, but me giving you such a going over, he said, what an effect it had on everybody else. They went out without me saying a word to them and they were all brilliant. And we beat West Brom 3-0 on the day. Um, and, and, and he was absolutely right. So if if you're having an argument with a with a player and you have a bit of a falling out in the dressing room play him see what kind of an effect it's had on him but otherwise a row and a ruck has gone wasted if you don't use it for the benefit of the team and the club yeah i would agree 100 percent jetro and chowdhury what was the point in saying hendrick 
garbage. Should have took a punt on Wilshire for creativity as long as you put legs around him, says Kevin McGarry. Lots of comments coming in about the potential uh, transfers. Of course, Jetro Willems was at Newcastle last season, uh, got a horrendous injury. Big fan's favourite in a short space of time that he played. Um, talk of him coming back will be interesting. Someone has also said uh, should try Kabai. He'd still uh, put you know do well in the in the midfield. He's 35 and he'd still outrun half the buggers we've got. Ginger Hoskin with a rumour of Damari Gray leaving for 1.8 million to Palace. Why haven't we jumped in? Jesse Lingard is getting mentioned, of course, um, and uh, Josh King from Bournemouth. So lots of names getting thrown into the mix, John. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think I think Shoudry and you know Villams will probably be the names that come in. That will be my guess anyway. And I think Richie, Richie, and you know Richie potentially Kraft and um, Yedlin out. Yeah, I think when you're looking down the right lines, mate. Um, Shouty, the, the one thing that I would say there is in lots of ways, I see him as a more defensive-minded midfielder than somebody that's going to drive into the box in support of uh, Wilson. The other thing I would say is that it would be quite significant, wouldn't it, if on the weekend Shoudry comes in, Richie goes to Bournemouth, which is probably appropriate because if you remember, Shoudry is the one that uh, just about decapitated Richie when he was out for that long time when we played against Leicester. Remember that horrendous tackle on Matt Richie. So probably mm. Shoudry is uh, Get that bugger out the Bournemouth and see like his revenge on the training ground when I come into club. Only kidding on that, but Shoudy could come. But I'm not certain he's the driving force that we need. We've got to get somebody that's a bit different from what we've got now. Willems is the sort of bloke that Newcastle United would sign at this stage. He would be perfect. And would may I say that the guy that was here. Uh, I would welcome back into this club, considering we haven't got a left back uh, of consequence. I would welcome him back into this club with open arms. The only doubt I've got is that I don't know what that savage injury has taken out of him, if anything, in terms of mentally or in terms of mobility uh, in getting round the pitch. Bad injuries can affect players who are never what they were after they've had a bad injury. Um, so that would be my only concern. If it was the Willems of old, go and get him yesterday, never mind today or tomorrow. But that would be my concern there. But yes, him and Charlie are the sort of players that are likely are two of the names in the forefront that could come here. Whether that would be enough for us, Steve, uh, under the circumstances, but I'm just hoping that, that and I'm going back to San Maximum and I take the fear that Malcolm's got, but I'm desperate not to have that fear because if I've got that fear as well, I haven't got anything to have a bit of flotsam <laughs> passing in the wind to hang on to for the rest of the season. So I'm hoping that San Maximum could stay fit, can start to bury into the place, can liven up up the centre forward because he thinks I've got a chance again, can encourage uh, Almiron to run like the wind even more so and in fairness I, I think Almiron ran in support of him against Leeds when he did come on and I agree with Malcolm and I've said it all along I would play down there uh, at Everton I would play Gale up front with Wilson with starting with Maximum and having Almiron both Maximum and Almiron are quick and it will get with from yeah. back to front quick and those two up front. I don't think for one second, unless he's desperate, that that uh, and he is desperate, that Steve Bruce will start with Gale because he's obviously got something against that. Because when you are drowning in heavy seas and a guy scores you a winning goal and you never start him in about nine mm. games since, yeah. there's a reason why. Because you need a, a, a life belt. And he looks like he can be a light belt, but it's never started. There's something between Gale and the manager without question. And I suspect it's because this guy's away at the end of the season for whatever reason. His contract's up and Newcastle can't prevent him doing that. And I think he's beginning to think enough's enough. 
my backside's been warmed enough on the subs bench. That is where my future is at Newcastle United. And I don't want that future. At 31, he can't afford to sit on the bench for the next two years as his career has gone. Yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's understandable. But, but, but why, why doesn't Steve Bruce stick him in the side now and, 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 and get a last couple of months out of him? Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, if he did that, Malcolm, if he did that and, and Gale got regular starts and scored two and three goals, who's to say he won't sign a new contract and stay here then with that encouragement? Absolutely. Et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But you tell me, you tell me who can go in this side ahead of Gale and potentially score more goals than Gale. Because no. we don't score goals. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, John. And and you've just mentioned if if you play Gale up front with Wilson, you've got Sir Maximin on one side, Almiron on the other. That's that's a frightening attacking force for for the opposition. Um, and and it needs then good support from the middle of the park. Uh, um, and and when you're only scoring two goals every ten games. The pressure that then falls on your back line is immense, absolutely immense. And so that that defence is under constant pressure and they're just desperate for up there to, to, to create a bit of relief um, for, for the back line. And they're not getting it. So all the time they're under pressure. Well, of course they're going to keep cracking. And I, 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 when there's so, there's so much staring the three of us and all the other people who are who are viewing that, that, that there are such obvious things. What I don't understand is that they haven't been obvious to Steve Bruce yeah. or his two coaches, for heaven's sake. Well, hopefully this new coach will pick up the things that uh, they've been missing. Ah, okay. Yes, Steve. Yes, I understand that. Now, the thing is, what's going to happen when he says to Steve Bruce, no, don't play him, play that one over there. There's going to be ructions, there's going to be rows, because if Steve, Steve Bruce now has got to try and assert an authority if over nobody else, but but the new fellow who's just come in, and yeah, and it's yeah, Malcolm. It's Malcolm, we've had we've had we'll do it. We've had we we're going to do it my way and not their way. So we're going to do now. Have we're doing it his way? Can I can I ask both of you? Look, you you both pick up stories, and and you, you know you usually got your finger on the pulse. I know it's difficult because we're all locked down, and you know we, we don't have the same kind of uh, get-togethers as we used to at this moment in time. Where did this appointment come from? Because we've had thirteen years of Mike Ashley listening to the wrong people and taking football advice. Where did this appointment of Graham Jones come from? Well, for one, I don't know, and if if it's being said um, that the only reason why Steve Bruce is remaining there is because and he and his two coaches that uh, uh, that the owner doesn't want to pay his contract up why is he paying Bournemouth a quarter of a million pound for the services of a third number two that to me is absolutely crazy and, and then you you tell me that steve bruce knew nothing about it then that makes it doubly crazy i mean his interview on sky sports told you he didn't know anything about it he refused to answer the question and then in in his in his interviews with some of the written where uh, some of the press um you know prior to the leeds game um, he, you know, literally said he's another pair of eyes. Uh, that's it. It's not somebody he's, he's even considered bringing in. So, you know, it's strange. Yeah, I mean, John, any indication? Can I just, can I just say something on that, Steve? Yeah. If if somebody had called uh, Don Howe, Keith Birkinshaw, 
who have been number twos or or head coaches uh, um, at the clubs where I've been. If somebody had said that about them or to them, they would have gone absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Another pair of eyes. It, it, it's nothing to do with eyes. It's the most stupid comment that I think I've ever heard um, in a very long while. What you're wanting is somebody to be able to come in who has got the ability to get through to players, to to get them organised, positioned and playing together in a very positive manner um, and in an organised manner. Pair of eyes, dear me. If, if that's how Steve Bruce sees himself, no wonder Newcastle are in such dire straits. Yeah, uh, big shout out to the sponsors uh, for this month, Old Coach House Distillery.co.uk, the world's first alcohol-free distillery. Visit their website, enter the code OCHD and claim your introductory 10% discount and get the most out of your mindful dry January. Try the Genesque, it is very, very nice. Also a big shout out to QTechShop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle and other things. Uh, they also make the supermarket mugs and the t-shirts which you can get from newcastlelegends.com if you enjoy the show and you're a first time viewer to the channel please click that little emblem down in the right hand corner and subscribe to the channel uh, also like the video tonight please uh, and if you want to share it it shares to your twitter or linkedin or facebook just click the share button don't forget to comment we've always got uh, a good chat going on and uh, also a big shout out to john from jab who designs all of our flyers um, before we look ahead to the Everton game, I do just want to take this opportunity to uh, pay a little bit of um, respect to uh, this young man. Uh, uh, 14 years ago, I lost a very good friend, Chris Heron. Uh, he was one of the best non-league strikers in the Gated and District League. Played for me, I was his manager. Um, he scored uh, in two seasons for me, 54 goals in 72 games. Um, a hell of a striker. I didn't ever want to make it to the to the higher levels. He was he was uh, basically approached on more than one occasion by by league clubs, uh, also approached by Gateshead. But he he wanted to spend time with his mates and wanted to spend time with his family and just play on a Sunday morning. He tragically died 14 years ago mm. today, and um, you know I, I do miss him. But I do want to dedicate this particular episode of NUFC matters to Chris Heron and my thoughts are with his family tonight. Oh, bless him. Yeah, uh, look. Let's look ahead to absolutely rightly so. Yeah, yeah. let's look ahead to uh, let's look, look ahead to the Everton game then uh, Saturday live on BT Sports half past twelve kickoff and uh, yeah it's uh, well I don't know whether I'm looking forward to it or not but the team news Fernandez remains a doubt after missing the last three games uh, the news still to come on the availability of Kieran Clark and Paul Dummett of course. Um, as we've already discussed on the show, um, in, in you know over the last few days, Deandra Yedlin's uh, work permit uh, ran out, and the club didn't know anything about it. So uh, he's probably going to be unavailable. Uh, no news on the Everton team as yet. The referee for this weekend is uh, Stuart Atwell. Um, so looking forward to this game, lads. Uh, Malcolm, first to you. Everton against Newcastle. Um, you know it's it's. I think it's the first it's the first time we've visited Everton on a Saturday for about 10 or 11 years mm. and on that occasion um we actually got a 1-0 win I think with Ben Arthur getting the goal. Oh good heavens above that's right. Um, <laughs> well I never. Um I've watched Everton quite a bit. They in the main they really they have been playing some terrific stuff. Um and uh Newcastle are really going to have to be hugely organised if they're going to get anything out of the game. And and there is no organisation. There's a back four that has nothing to do with the midfield. The midfield has nothing to do with the back line nor the forward line. And the forwards the same, always a bit of support. Um, and I can't suddenly see that changing overnight. And if you're not organised against Everton, by heavens, they're going to run you into the ground. Yeah, I, I would agree, John. I mean, Everton. Uh, you know that 
they're up there, aren't they? You know, they're a team which yep. you know they're building. Um, you know, they they play some attractive football, and uh, they've got a manager who you know knows his you know he knows his team. He, he he's got a plan A, he's got a plan B. Um, you know, it's a tough tough game for Newcastle to go into in current form. Oh, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, Sheffield United was a tough, tough game for Newcastle on current form, and they hadn't won a Premier League game when we went down to Sheffield. Um, unbelievably, Steve, do you you do realise, of course, <laughs> Newcastle on a double at Everton because beat Everton two one up here. How on earth that mm -hmm. happened uh, is anybody's guess. But if you remember that, we did beat Everton earlier this season two one. Uh, I think that will see them very much out for, for revenge. They are a team with games in hand. They're seventh in the table, but they have two games in hand over over teams like West Ham, Leicester and Man U. They're going to be a handful. And we are going into this. Here's a very depressing set of figures that Steve Bruce seems to have overlooked with his newfound optimism after the second half against Leeds. We are going into this game with 11 games without a win, nine of the 11 lost, two points gained out the last, knocked out of the domestic cup time, two goals scored in the last nine, the extra time at Arsenal, the extra 30 minutes, is exactly 16 hours of football for two goals, both of which were only consolation goals in defeats, didn't bring us anything. We're going into that situation. When we beat at the end of November, we were 10th in the Premier League. We're now about to play Palace in the return next Tuesday and we're 16th in the Premier League. There's only four clubs beneath us, and all those four clubs are currently getting, uh, harvesting more points than we are. Mm. That's in, and that's the dire straits we have in Everton. Um, we're clinging to bits of flotsam like a goalkeeper that saves six certain goals and Wilson who suddenly scores again and San Maximum who suddenly produces a bit of magic and yes we are enough too because that's the only hope we've got um, my concern is that I was I was lucky enough or unlucky enough as it happened because it was a Newcastle defeat but to get the, this accurate enough to get the scoreline right at Aston Villa which was 2-0 and uh, I'm going for a, another 2-0 defeat, sadly, at Everton. And the only way we can do something about that is our goalkeeper, whether it's Dubrovka, who uh, could well come back, or Darlow, keeps him out. Wilson discovers how to score again because San Maximum is bombing like Bellio and is inspiring someone like Alan Lehman to help him. That is... The faint we carry, but two nil, sadly, fellas, for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't see Newcastle getting anything at, against Everton. Mm -hmm. I've got to be honest. Um, if we lose against Everton and we lose against Palace, is that it, Malcolm? Will, will, you know, will Steve Bruce, will Steve Bruce get the sack? I mean, the way you look at it is, I, I saw a, a stat on Sky Sports this morning where they were talking about Steve's managerial position and. They were, they were comparing it to McLaren and I think it was 10 games when McLaren was sacked. Newcastle have got 18, so they've got a little bit more. There's that little mm. bit of a cushion between them and third bottom at this moment in time. But as we know, within two games, that could, that could disappear. Um, but if we lose against Everton and we lose against Crystal Palace, would you expect action by Newcastle? Well, <clears throat> we're coming to the end of January now and... In, in, in all honesty, if, if a change is going to be made, I think it needs to be done now. And you need to, to, um, to give um, a, a full three months, which is February, March and April to, um, and probably it, it, it would be Graham Jones who, who would um, have that position on a caretaker basis, probably. Um, Allowing him just ten games or, or whatever, not good enough. You need more, um, particularly 
when things are as bad as they are at Newcastle. Do you know, I, I've seen some states, some football club in, in, in some right states. I have never witnessed anything as so bad as what I'm seeing from Newcastle United right now. I, I cannot recall anything at all in all the years that I've been involved um, with, with, with football. And, and so it, it's going to take somebody a long time to turn it around. Players have got themselves into, a, a, um, in, into such, a, such a bad state. It's going to take an awful lot to really jerk them out of it. It's not something that can be done overnight. It's going to take a long while. Yeah, John. What's your take? Do you think we'll see the you know we'll we'll see the axe fall if he loses the next two? Interesting. Even one of the two things would strike me if I was Ashley, or for that matter, if I was Steve Bruce, the points between third bottom and us, between Fulham and us, has been cut to six points as a result of. Fulham against Brighton, etc. It's only six points. Fulham have got a game in hand, and Fulham was Brom this weekend. If Newcastle loses Everton and Fulham beat West Brom, both of which are predictable results, the difference would be three points. The difference would be three points with a game in hand to Fulham. If that result came and we lost on Tuesday, and nothing would be done before Tuesday, we lost on Tuesday to Crystal Palace, then Steve Bruce is in trouble. And if I was Steve Bruce, I would have been comforted so far on along the lines that Mike Ashley doesn't sack quickly. He sacks when it's too late and we've talked mm -hmm. about McGavin, etc., etc., etc. But... The big difference now is there is a coach in the club that could step up to be caretaker manager in in Graham Jones. And that would concern me if I was Steve Bruce. And it, um, I'm absolutely certain of that. So a combination of results this weekend with Fulham and Newcastle United, two defeats, Jones is in the club. I tell you what, if it, if he hasn't gone at that stage, you're coming up to the next game and that would be all or nothing. The only under... If Abramovich was manager, this would have happened three weeks ago. I mean, he sacks people uh, on a whim when he gets bored. Uh, so what a difference is between the two managers there, uh, the two owners there. But yeah. um, he is on thinner and thinner and thinner ice uh, with the passing of each day. And he needs results so time starting on Saturday because if Fulham beat West Brom, I mean, a West Brom victory would, would tighten things up enormously from Newcastle's point of view as well, but Fulham would really put the cat among the pigeons. Because Fulham have, have drawn six of the last nine, you know. They're not getting beat regularly. Uh, and that is big pressure on Newcastle United. Uh, and by the way, when I give us hope for Everton, Steve, when I was saying that if, you know, we're living on hope, with Sam and Wilson and the keeper keeping them out. I forgot to mention also that perhaps a Mackham thrown in will come to our rescue as well. Mr. Pickford and goal, one of our greatest pluses on Saturday lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, one, one, thing I, one thing I would say is um, for the Everton game this weekend is I hope sincerely he does not leave now. Um, uh, uh, leave the goalkeeper out. Yeah, I, I really because I think he has really um, superbly at times uh, um, earned his place. Um, I know Dubravka is a very very good goalkeeper, but to uh, but uh, to leave the current fella out, I think would, would be absolutely wrong. 
Yeah, fair enough. A lot of people were asking that in the chat, so thanks for answering that, Malcolm. And uh, we might all be talking about ASM's fitness, but we should also be talking about Malcolm's broadband fitness. It's uh, lasted the full 60 tonight. I don't know why. There's been some, some roadworks going on up the way, and I've had the worst connection ever for the last two or three days. And... Um, <laughs> And then all of a sudden today, it's brilliant. <laughs> well, here, this, is, here's, this is for Virgin, Malcolm. Certainly, if, ma if, maximum, if maximum can last... That was, we just had a round of applause for Virgin, that John. <laughs> I, think you've passed it, I think you've passed the gremlins on to John. John, John froze there. We didn't, <laughs> yes, we didn't get anything. <laughs> yeah, this is, this, is for your, this is for your Virgin connection, John. There we go. We've had the cheers and we've had the booze. Malcolm's internet's perfect. John's is terrible. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. I'll be back 5.30 tomorrow night with uh, Steve Hasty and Neil Mitchell. Uh, just the three of us, the three amigos, 5.30 until 7.30. Until, uh, until next week, John, Malcolm, take care, lads. Indeed. Good night, everybody. Take, take care, John. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Steve. All the best, boys. Talking to myself again